It's the right time for Western Oklahoma. With us now is uh, Brent Howard, who's the state senator for Western Oklahoma, particularly the southwestern part of the state down around Altus. Good morning, Senator Howard. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Harold. Glad to be here. Hey, good talking to you. How are you doing? Uh, doing pretty well. Finally got all the sickness out of the house, and uh, it's been a good start to the new year. You know, part, part-time farmer, uh, anytime we have moisture coming in at, at any time makes it a little joyful experience. Well, most of us, you know, really appreciate the, the, the weather, the rain we've received this year. And and I've noticed uh, more down in the southwestern part of the state maybe than normal, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, we're sitting somewhere around three, two to three, five, three and a half inches. So, so that's not bad. Yeah. Pretty good for this. Nope. El, El Nino. You can, you can, El Nino, uh, we'll take it, whatever it is. Whatever, it's very whatever good for the wheat. So how's the family? Uh, all doing well. Still, you know, two years, three and a half months, and just uh, talking away. So happy. It was It was really a great Christmas with her. Uh, exciting. I bet she really enjoyed it. Two and a half is, is when they really start to appreciate it. Two to two. Yeah. I uh, loved old. Santa, loved the decorations, mm-hmm. and really didn't didn't care much for gifts. Just liked opening them, but didn't, <laughs> I guess, didn't really realize that they were for her. I, I get so, that. Yeah. Ripping paper. That's fun. Yeah. So uh, you're th- you're over in the city today as we speak uh, in in budget hearings. Tell us a little bit about what's going on. Yes, uh, had budget hearings. I'm chairman of the subcommittee on public safety and judiciary for the Senate appropriations, and with that, I've got about a 14 agencies and about a billion dollars in budgeting that we allocate among those 14 agencies, uh, the big ones being, you know, Department of Corrections, DPS, OSBI, uh, Bureau of Narcotics, uh, also the District Attorney's Council, the District Court, Supreme Court, for simple uh, civil appeals and criminal appeals, ninja um, defense. And we had eight of those agencies before us yesterday. We'll have four uh, today, and then we'll finish up a week from today with the last two. And, uh, you know, they're making their request. We're we're starting with the numbers from the Board of Equalization um, as far as what we can work with to allocate. Uh, the Board of Equalization said we'll be steady and, and probably up about $200 million over the revenue for last year. So there's potential for some more allocation out. Uh, of those revenues, um, but then you also see that we've got uh, tax cuts, revenue cuts coming in as a, a hot topic, so how much can be allocated to those? Um, among the 14 agencies that we've got, that I have, uh, the requests are about $105 million increases over last year, so uh, everybody's wanting a little more expenditures, um, Every one of them has asked for, you know, adjustments to salary or be able to adjust those. Most of them are in the three to five percent range, uh, but we've got a couple that uh, are law enforcement agents. Um, you know, with Able, uh, who administers the alcoholic beverage licensing, um, they are they're asking they they were left out, I guess I should say, of the. 
uh, increases that went to the state troopers and the OSBI. So they're asking for some increases that would be much larger for their agents, their law enforcement agents. And then also uh, an unappropriate agency that's talking about coming to uh, appropriations for increases um, is the Department of Wildlife. And same reason for them, they, they didn't give their agents a raise um, to the extent that the OSBI and, and troopers did. So they're potentially going to ask for a couple million dollars to be able to, to uh, give those raises while they work on increasing some of the licensing fees um, and then go back off of appropriations, hopefully in the future years. So a lot of people asking for money, a lot of uh, inflation is just, you know, hitting everybody as well as uh, the workers here at the state. So I, I heard when I was in the legislature that it was tougher when you had money than it is when, when you don't have as much money. Is that true? Because I, I never really got to enjoy that very much, the opportunity to actually have extra money. You know, I've uh, Representative Ortega told me that a couple of times, but uh, we haven't had, we've only had really the one down year uh, that was projected. And then uh, with the COVID year, that was, that was another one where we adjusted and basically just held. I would say that um, you get accused of playing favorites more whenever it's the increase, whenever you have to allocate money going out versus uh, I think everybody really trims the line and, and doesn't fall too much whenever the cuts are across the board. But whenever you have one agency that might get a 10 to 15% increase and another only get a three, uh, you, yeah, you get leery side eyes, but, um, the governor as well as, uh, most of these agency heads are, are trying to hold at least on expenditures other than salary. So I think that it's noble, um, on, on what they're trying to do and just keep up with inflation. Uh, we're, we're not sure how much more cuts there can be. And, and I think the governor really just with the proposals for tax cuts is to try to prevent ex- excessive growth of government. But if you look at our state employees, we're actually down, I believe it's almost um, 3,000 state employees since this governor was elected in 2018. So we've trimmed the fat right now. We're just trying to make sure that we can maintain the services that we need and maintain good employees that that want to provide those services so if you know oklahoma's typically in a lot of areas a poor state do you see this as an opportunity to maybe do some things we haven't been able to do in the past uh i believe so uh with kind of coming into a plateau on you know, gross domestic production here i believe or at least that's what's forecasted by the boe um, and I think a lot of it is, too, just some of the slowdown on federal money that's going to come in. Of course, it being a federal election year, you you never know how much uh, the federal government's going to open the tap on everything. Um, but I, I think we're going to have a few more one-time investments. Uh, last year, we set up the Legacy Capital Fund to be able to finance new building projects. So rather than agencies going in and having to open new bonds, it would be, you know, at this point, 
uh, pushing a six to eight percent interest rate that they'd have to be. We can finance that through the capital fund that we set aside uh, and basically borrow against ourselves at a lower interest rate. So that saves future expenditures and not having to to bond, which which is not a you know simple process or a cheap process on its own. But also you get that hedging on what the interest rates are because you're you're lending to yourself or within the 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 full state government. So I think that there will be additional money that goes into that. Um, and then that's that's been three of my agencies that have that presented out of the eight yesterday uh, needing new headquarters. Uh, you know the options that they present is. Uh, three to five million dollars to remediate molds uh, or, or to expand the office space that they need for labs, you know, specifically kind of talking about OSBI or um, 27 million for a new building. So do you put three to five in a building that's already 40 years old and try to get it down another 10 years or uh, just do a 27 million dollar new building and salvage the old one and and sell it back on the open market or or repurpose it for something that's better use. And uh, those are just decisions that we're going to have to make. And I think that uh, it is a a good time for one-time spending to not have to obligate future legislators. And and again, depending upon what revenue might come in um, over the next few years, especially if we have a tax cut that, that lowers that revenue. And let's not forget the the private school credits, tax credits Mm -hmm. that uh, are 150 million this year, but will automatically go to 200 next year and 250 million the year after that. We're talking to Brent Howard, Senator from Southwestern Oklahoma. We're going to take a quick break with uh, Senator Howard. When we come back, we'll talk more. Uh, Big uh, town hall meeting last night. We'll talk a little bit about the national scene coming up in just a moment. So stay tuned. You're listening to the right time for Western Oklahoma. I'm Delaney from Oklahoma City, and I'm so grateful and thankful for my health today. By walking every day and eating delicious, healthy meals for the last year and a half, I've made it halfway to my health goals. One thing I've learned throughout this journey is that being healthy is anything but boring. This life is not about making sacrifices. It's about finding healthy replacements that you love and that make you feel good. Learn how to live healthy your way at shapeyourfutureok.com. A program of TSEP. Oklahoma Ag Mediation is a program offered free of cost to agricultural producers. Cheyenne Sparks tells us more about the program. Oklahoma Ag Mediation Program facilitates mediations across all 77 counties of Oklahoma. Anybody that is in agriculture, whether you're a lender, you're a producer, you work contracts, you have fence line disputes, family farm transitions. If you are in agriculture in any kind of conflict, we're here to help. And it's just to make sure that the conversation keeps going. For more information, you can go to okmediation.gov. You never know if the person next to you in line is a McMuffin, a McGriddles, Biscuit, or Burrito person. But what you do know is that every last one of us in line for our McDonald's breakfast this morning were brave enough to get out of bed a few minutes early. Reward breakfast bravery. Get two sausage McGriddles, McMuffin, or Biscuit sandwiches for $3. Mix and match and order on the app. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. At McDonald's in Weatherford, Clinton, and South Main in Elk City. Hello, this is Briley Baca with Advanced Financial Strategies in Clinton. Did you know you can legally keep more of your hard-earned retirement savings and disinherit the government? Now is the time to take control of your family's financial future. 
If you've saved the traditional way, did you know that you're in business with the IRS? A lot of people don't realize after working their entire career that all the money in their 401k or IRA is not theirs. Depending on your tax situation, a lot of that money is actually Uncle Sam's. Unfortunately, this is the reality for the majority of retirees, all because they didn't know the rules. This is your retirement we're talking about, so live by your rules. If you're tired of being in business with the government and want to legally disinherit Uncle Sam from your retirement, give me a call, Briley Baca, at 323-6800 or visit our website, retirewithbacca.com. Brian Baca and Briley Baca are investment advisor representatives of an advisory services offered through Royal Fund Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. It's time for your health check with Weatherford Regional Hospital. It's time to celebrate the new year. With the new year often comes New Year's resolutions. Weatherford Regional Hospital encourages our community and surrounding communities to ring in 2022 with a plan to have a healthy year, focusing on positive lifestyle changes that will last forever. Here are some tips to prioritize your health in 2022. Set realistic and achievable goals. Exercise on a regular basis. Find a hobby you enjoy doing that promotes physical activity. It's simple. If you like it, it won't feel like work. Make healthier food choices by choosing more nutritional foods and maintaining proper proportion sizes. Maintain a regular sleep schedule. Reduce stress. Get plenty of water. Stick to your wellness plan. And never skip the annual health screenings. Do those regularly. This has been your health check brought to you by Weatherford Regional Hospital. 23 minutes after 7 o'clock and on the Southwest Air and line with us this morning from State Capitol is Senator Brent Howard. Appreciate you taking the time to visit with us this morning. Thank you so much. Yes. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say uh, it's it's a pleasure to be able to listen to the radio and ask what's going on up there as well. So. Uh, very good. Uh, so the national presidential election is really heating up last night. Uh, I don't know if you watched any of it or not, but on Fox they had a town hall meeting with, with uh, President Trump uh, the night before Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. A lot of legislators in Oklahoma jumped on board with DeSantis early, uh, and I'm wondering if that was a good decision or not at this point. What do you think? Uh, well, I was one of those, and I I still think that he's the best candidate that, that's available right now and, and should have the broadest appeal. Um, he has had some troubles with his campaign, but whenever you're going from a, you know, effectively managing a state and also still managing that, I mean, Florida's, uh, called him back a few times for issues that have gone on there, uh, as opposed to, I think every other, uh, candidate that was in the running, of course, a lot of them have dropped out, have been able to just totally focus on only their campaign and that be their only job. But, um, I don't think that he's ever going to get over the hump, and um, I don't think that there's really going to be a, a challenge to Trump being the nominee again. But we'll see. Voting starts this week, so. So, um, uh, Governor Christie dropped out in elections. That you think that has any effect on the election at all? No. the The only change that it would have would be New Hampshire. Um, and I'm not sure if ballots are still even printed up there. He'll probably still receive some uh, 
uh, I don't know, a residual vote and, and probably some votes that have already gone in for mail-in ballots. Uh, but overall, he was not – he had no chance going through and didn't really have enough supporters that will tear away from him in any state other than probably New Hampshire to affect anybody else, uh, any of the other candidates, and, and push them over. So while it is whittling down, um, everybody that's dropped out I don't think has ever polled any more than a 1% to 2% in in actual polling. So there's uh, more people committed or uh, to a certain candidate uh, or potentially uncommitted at this point, especially in a lot of our later primary states, such as ours. Yeah, big, uh, Super Tuesday, I think it's March 8th, uh, people will be going to the polls. I think Oklahoma will vote for Trump, basically, they have in the past. But can he get through all these, your lawyer, can he get through all these indictments? I mean, it seems to be strengthening him instead of hurting him. I, I would agree with you on that. I don't think any of them pose any significant challenge except for possibly Georgia. Um, and then there you've got, I think the reasons that it was brought was more of a political hit job, but it does have probably the most strength behind it because of the you know, the recorded call with the Secretary of State asking for uh, discounting or not counting votes that were against him. And so that's uh, – but still, does that rise to the level of a felony and um, and disqualify him from, from being on the ballot? I, I think all of these challenges that have thrown him off the ballot are uh, just silly, unbased, and will be overturned. Uh, we live in a democratic republic in each state. Um, you know, every every person should be able to vote on uh, those available and those that have thrown their hat in the ring to run. And so I think Colorado and Maine are uh, going to have to put him on the ballot. And uh, we'll see. I have was spent a little time yesterday talking with our secretary of the election board, and he said ballots have all gone out and they have to – uh, even though we don't vote until I believe it is that March 9th or 16th, um, you know, military ballots have to be sent out a full six weeks ahead of time. So we're fast approaching whenever the first ballots uh, get mailed out on requests and all of them have been printed. So I think the, the elections March, I'm looking at the calendar. I think that to, to Super Tuesdays, March the 5th, I believe be the first Tuesday of March. Does that sound right? Well, let me switch over to the calendar and see. Uh, I had Rick Farmer on Monday, and he knew the exact dates. He looked on his calendar uh, for Super Tuesday, and he knew it. But or he didn't know it. He had yeah, to look I, it up. I, I believe that is correct. Yeah, March 5th is the first Tuesday, and I think that's when we are. So uh, Trump, uh, <laughs> Biden's really uh, pushing the envelope on uh, his only campaign strategy. It seems to be to thump Trump, if you will. I mean, March or January sixth deal and and some of the other things going on. Uh, you're really painting a, a ugly picture of Trump. Is that going to work? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I I think you go back to the you know Reagan strategy of it's the economy, stupid, and uh, I think that that becomes the factor for most people voting. 
Um, but there is a lot of hatred against Trump. I mean, not within Oklahoma uh, or really most of our surrounding states. You get into Colorado, New Mexico, there's there's that. Um, but we're not really considered any of the swing states and the electoral college uh, goes to those. So he can probably play that. I think the biggest factor is he's going to revert to his winning strategy from 2020, which is, not be out in public, not <laughs> not have any long days, let his surrogates do all of the pushing. And um, I think that there's going to be extra money come in. Stock market historically during presidential election years continues to rise. Um, so it, the shift on the economy is probably going to be propped up but I don't think that he can overcome quite a few things that are uh, just there. And he's going to have to actually defend some policies. And I think his biggest challenge is going to be the poorest border that we've had. And especially as, um, you know, a lot of the red state governors continue to make this a national concern by busting those immigrants that have walked across our border to those blue cities and, and they can see what the problem is and it doesn't all just have to be, uh, you know, concentrated in Eagle Pass, Texas or uh, Southern Arizona. Brent Howard, thank you for being on the program this morning. Senator Brent Howard from Altus on the show today. Thank you so much. And, and uh, I guess the next time we talk, you'll probably be in the beginning of, of the uh, Oklahoma legislative session. So we're looking forward to talking to you then. That sounds good. We'll have an update on the number of bills and kind of what we're looking at. But appreciate you, Harold. Thank you for uh, spreading the news. Yeah, you bet. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.